Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, beautiful people of planet Earth. What a privilege and an honor to be with you once again today. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you're doing spectacular, that you feel supported and taken care of. Remember that you're freaking amazing and uh, I am just grateful you are with us again. We have an amazing episode for you. We have Chris DeVecchio on and we are talking about the 5 by 2 method, health, mindset, fitness, and positive feedback loops. Uh, this is a very important episode. Like the one thing you're going to learn here the five boy five by two method was an upgrade for me as like oh my god so simple uh and so effective i exactly know why it's uh, important to do so you're going to enjoy this episode we talk about uh the 1.2 million dollar bet that kind of launched him into um like a well-known trainer um asking yourself what's your primary question why people don't push themselves uh, why you need to increase your stakes why reducing stress is important uh why health and wellness goes way beyond the gym um um, the five by two method, the two most powerful times of the day, uh, creating positive feedback loops, mastering the art of adjustment, and so much more. Uh, so this is an action-packed episode. You're going to love it. If you want to support the show, please share this. Like, Take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Tag Chris. Tag myself. Uh, let us know where you're listening from. Let us know what you liked. That really helps. Sharing episodes on Facebook, all that kind of good stuff. The best thing that you can do is one kind act today. Um, even better is to take the kindness challenge and just hit me up at, at Matt Belair Instagram or on Facebook and say, hey, taking the kindness challenge. Um, if we can make kindness go viral, that'd be amazing. Tag three of your friends, see if you can get them to do three kind acts a day, going out of your way to do it um, and not telling anybody. So uh, hopefully we can make that happen. The more I see of those, that's absolutely my favorite thing. If you want to uh, support on Patreon, that helps a ton, like so much. Uh, thank you, Andrea Ariola, for supporting. Thank you to all my patrons. It goes a long way. Thank Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Um, leaving reviews in iTunes also really helps. Um, what else? I kind of I was on a roll, but then I, I was like, "What the heck am I talking about?" Um, yeah, uh, if you guys want some coaching, I'm doing more heart journey uh, sessions. This is hypnotizing you to activate the heart's intelligence to figure out. If you need to overcome blocks, uh, what your life purpose is, not exactly your purpose, but your direction, overcoming limiting beliefs, all that kind of stuff. So if you guys are enjoying the podcast and you really want to level up, go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and I will happily help you out. Uh, check out the Zen Athlete book. If you haven't read it yet, uh, go to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list and get a free lucid dreaming. If you want that, just go forward slash lucid dreaming. And that's it. I want to thank my new partner, the Himalaya podcast app. They're amazing. I'm so grateful 
grateful that they reached out. The app is amazing. It's free. It's easy to use. There's tons of features. Um, it builds a community of podcasters and podcast lovers. Um, it's going to start creating new shareable playlists for you. It gives you suggestions. Super easy to navigate um, and really great to use. So definitely when you go over to Himalaya, make sure you check out the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit show. You'll see me over there. Um, and working to, We're working together to grow the podcast and share it. So your support um, is super, super, super helpful. So check out Himalaya, H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. And um, yeah, just let me know what you think if you guys head over there and uh, follow the show. So I think that's it. Um, I just want to thank you again for listening. And before we dive in, let's come into a powerful state of peace and coherence just through our intention and breath. So wherever you are in the world, just stop whatever you're doing, taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the stress, all the anxiety, all the limitation coming to a powerful state of peace and presence right now. So, all right, I think we're ready. Let's get into this amazing episode with Chris DeVecchio. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a founder and trainer. He brings a wealth of self-development, transformation mixed with a very practical technique to his fitness training. Coming from a bodybuilding background and a D1 collegiate hockey player, he realized that he wanted to teach his simple techniques and strategies to help others achieve both, both physical and mental acuity. As a fitness trainer and lifestyle specialist, he has a knack for inspiring accountability and achieving results quickly. With each client, he develops a unique and effective nutrition and personal training strategy. His vast knowledge of great recipes and food combinations allow him to create a diet that not only tastes great, but will also be easy to maintain. He has developed innovative fitness concepts and practices for all types of clients who are all working through very different life experiences. He is the author of the new book, The 5 by 2 Method, Revealing the Power of Your Senses. Welcome to the show, Chris DeVecchio. Matt, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I was looking forward to this. I love, you know, it. like we were talking before, we have a lot of synergies and we're very similar, so I'm excited to dive in. Absolutely, man. It, it was, uh, we didn't have a lot of options on time slots because obviously you're a busy man, but, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving here and I had no, no hesitation because this is, uh, th these are important topics and, and like you said, we've got a lot of synergies, so... I think it would be really effective and helpful for people to uh, to hear some of our our perspective. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. I had no idea. I'm up in Canada. I totally forgot it's Thanksgiving. So I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your holiday and you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Um, why don't you give somebody uh, that doesn't know you like a little bit about your background, how you got to what you are, where you are today? We discussed a little bit, like you know, to be a D1 athlete is a lot of effort. It's a lot of um, commitment. So even just that accomplishment alone and everything else you've done. So um, just share us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, man, I'm from Boston, Mass. Originally, uh, moved out to California 16 years ago. Um, as you mentioned, my, my background in, in uh, athletics was Division One was hockey. So I ended up moving into Division One college hockey and, and going into my freshman year. Um, I was, a, I was always a small kid, you know, I, at, at that point, I never really spent much time in the weight room or, or spent a lot of time dedicating my life to nutrition. It was, it was really just focusing on 
the, uh, the specifics of the sport. You know, I did a lot of dry land training and worked with a lot of uh, specialists in terms of just trying to improve my speed, my stride, my stick handling, all the different skills and efficiencies that were needed to, uh, for, for the sport itself. But going from high school hockey to college hockey, you're now going from playing against boys to playing against men. And, and my body wasn't quite developed. And so after my freshman year, my coach had uh, inspired me to hit the weight room politely that if I didn't come back with a little bit more meat on me, it might be challenging for me to make, you know, make the team. So I took that seriously and I went home that summer and in three months put on 30 pounds. And literally it was one of those, like every time, every week I step on the scale, another five pounds, another five pounds. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was, to me, it was jaw dropping. Um, the things that I was doing at the time, I was consistent with weight training, super heavy weight training. I was consistent with meals and food. I was pounding calories all day long, never missing, very scientific and strategic with the timing of my meals. Now, I really dove into a student of, of, uh, student of life and, and taking it upon myself to research and guinea pig a lot of things at that time. It was uh, probably the mid-90s at that point. Um, so reading magazines and just kind of figuring it out on my own, um, and, and really truly in that process fell in love with the idea that I could actually just manipulate and change my body so quickly on so many levels with the results oriented. If you do this, this is what happens. Um, and there's not a lot of, a lot of things that we do in our lives that necessarily you can, uh, you can rely on that, that quickly of a change or a result. And so I was really drawn towards that. And coming back into my sophomore year, I had, you know, accomplished what the coach wanted me to do was put on a little bit more weight and size and playing hockey with 30 extra pounds on you, you know, was a different game for me. You know, I went from being a finesse player who was quick to, you know, going out and, and take, trying to take somebody's head off. You know, I was kind of like the third line bruiser, um, you know, and, and so it was just a little bit different, you know, but I really like came into my body and felt that power and strength. And there was just really something attractive about that whole process. And so I continued to keep diving into it and exploring it. And my, my passion for, for health and fitness became really, really strong at that point. And towards the end of my hockey career, uh, toward around my junior end of my junior year, I ended up, um, walking away from hockey, uh, and, and moving into competitive bodybuilding and, um, took a stab at my first show my senior year and um, from there it, it transitioned into a, a small uh, fitness modeling career I was going back and forth to New York and doing some work there for different magazines and um, and and then after I graduated I moved back to Boston and I was working in a nine-to-five sales gig it wasn't I was good at it but it wasn't really my thing and I was always uh, exploring the interests of modeling and acting and TV commercial work. Uh, and so I ended up getting some interest from some agents and managers out in LA in 2002. And within a week, packed my bags and drove out West of California by myself on a solo mission to go see what life had in store for me. And so now all of this, uh, this discipline and knowledge that I've been obtaining was no longer for sport. It was now going to be for my acting career, my body was going to have to be manipulated and changed for different roles and different characters. And, and so now I'm set off into a new journey of exploring my body and figuring things out. And with the innovation of, of health and fitness and wellness and, you know, just continue to keep learning and growing. 
Um, had a 12 year run in, in the entertainment industry. Um, some up and down years. I had some really great years, had some decent breakthroughs and then some years that were really dry. And all the while I was working at bars and bartending and waiting tables and running a small little training business on the side. But my main focus was my acting career. And like I said, about 12 year run. So it was about 2000, uh, 2014. Um, that I 13 somewhere around there that I decided uh, it, things were kind of winding down for me and I was I was working towards transitioning into something different and um, I had a lot of people at that time that were starting to take more interest in what I was doing with my training um, and what I was doing at that time differently is that I was really taking on the component of a mind-body connection which is what I learned and developed through my years of training and bodybuilding and um, really seeing that I could teach people how to heal their bodies and improve their bodies and get better, faster transformations by doing the inner work as much as you're doing the outer work. Um, and so once I, I literally took a $1,500 loan out from a friend and I had, I lived in a 250 square foot apartment on the beach in, in Manhattan Beach, California, a block off the water, a, a cool little like cabin. My, some of my friends called it the boat because um, it felt like you were in a little ship when you walk in there. But in the backyard, the landlord had about 100 square feet of space, and so I asked for permission to build this outdoor structure. And so with that $1,500, I went out and bought 4 by 4 and plumbing pipe and electrical conduit, and I built this little mini outdoor gym that I called the cage. And that became the new training ground, and I literally was training people outdoors all year long. So it, whether it was 5 a.m. down at the beach watching the sunrise over the horizon or whether it was 7, 8 o'clock at night out back at the cage with floodlights, you know, I, was, I had people that were coming, coming on board and coming and going and charging it. And, you know, I, I prided myself on the fact that it wasn't about $150 membership at an Equinox that was helping create these incredible transformations. It was the other work that we were doing, the lifestyle coaching and talking to people about you know, what's really going on with them that's holding them back and helping to kind of explore that and figure that out. And that became the, the nucleus of the business, you know, and, and, you know, people would come by and take a look at the gym and be like, come on, man, no way. But then they'd look at some of the, the transformations that I have with people and go, that's unbelievable. And that would give me the, the intro to start talking about really what I'm doing. The, the fitness kind of became the front for the operation of what I was really doing, which was getting inside creating a trusting relationship where people would allow me in to start conversations, to bring up what's, what's really going on. You know, is it lack of accountability? Is it lack of self-love, lack of self-esteem? You know, are your stakes not high enough? You know, like where, where are we falling short? Because oftentimes, as I always say, people who are overweight and unhealthy, it's not that they don't know that they shouldn't be engaging in those unhealthy activities and, and eating junk food, right? It's, there's something else going on, something that's being emotionally driven that's encouraging those behaviors and, and not being conscious of what you're doing, not paying attention. So learning how to kind of unravel and unveil some of those uh, deeper underlying you know, struggles is what was really becoming the, the formula for helping people transform. And so... Um, you know, it, the business just slowly one by one, you know, one client after another just incrementally grew. The word spread 99% of my business still to this day is referral based, even though, you know, we do 
advertise and market, but it's mostly, uh, you know, referral based. Um, and back in 2016, I got a uh, interesting opportunity from an old client. He introduced me to a friend of his who was a high stakes poker player. And he had had a big win a couple of years prior and he kind of lost all that money and the wheels just fell off and he went downhill with it and let go of his health and his weight was out of control and he was super depressed. And he was sitting at the table one day and some guy that he often plays poker with was kind of giving him a hard time saying, Hey man, you couldn't, I bet you couldn't get below 10% body fat and just kind of give it, you know, giving it to him. He said, really, how much you want to bet? I mean, typical line coming from poker players, right? <laughs> and, uh, and before you know it, um, there was a bet for $1.2 million for this guy to go from 33% body fat to under 10% body fat in six months. And this guy was uh, really good friends with Dan Bilzerian. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dan, but Dan was a really good friend of his and Dan backed him on this bet along with this other guy, Bill Perkins, who's really well known in the, in the poker world. And, uh, and so he and I, um, agreed to, to work together on this deal and six months we charged down the line and, and hit 8.8% body fat six months and won the bet. And that landed us in a, uh, in the New York post, which then translated very quickly over to a segment on good morning America. And before you know it, the story went global and, um, and you know, the things just really took off at that point because now people were getting a lot more exposure to what I was doing and how I was doing it. Um, you know, one of the things that I was very uh, adamant about making sure that people were aware of is that even though this guy won the money and won the bet, you know, I was very intentional about not just making this about the money because I have a very specific process in how I work with clients and this was not going to be any different for me. You know, we had some higher stakes obviously, but, this guy coming from the world that he comes from, which is riddled with, you know, poor choices and bad behaviors, you know, there, there was a lot of work that still needed to be done in the way that I do it, that I've done it successfully, that I wanted to make sure that we, you know, stayed true to that. And even though he won the money, you know, he admittedly so towards the end of this process where we weren't sure if we were actually going to get there. I mean, this was not an easy win. This was, we slid in at the very last second and we were able to get under that, that point. But, uh, you know, he admitted to me that, you know, even if he doesn't win the money and doesn't get the bet, he feels like he had already won because there had been so much change in his life and the time that we had spent together and the, and the process and, you know, and the coaching and, and all the lessons learned from, you know, the disciplines that come along with this type of commitment that he felt like he had won this new life already. And that is more than any dollar amount that you could put on it for a bet. And so, um, so, you know, that was, that was just a real interesting time, man. But, uh, I'd say that kind of, you know, brings us up to this point now where, you know, I, I've had some other, um, just some other key points in my career that I feel are very important. And, uh, I feel I've had a lot of power and influence on the clients that I work with that I've wanted to be able to share on a bigger platform. And so I wrote a book about a technique that I developed and, you know, I'm currently working on a program, um, that we're getting ready to release December 31st this year. Um, and there's just a lot of things that we're continuing to keep moving forward and progressing and, you know, and, uh, that kind of brings us up to speed of where we're at right now. 
I work with about 50% of my clientele. Currently, I work with here locally in Southern California, and the other 50% of my clientele I train remotely all around the world. So I've got clients in Asia, I've got clients in Europe, I've got clients all around the United States, and I even have local clients here who live in Southern California that that work remotely because they travel so much. So, um, so there's a lot of hands-on lifestyle coaching, teaching people um, different principles and methodologies that help them find ways to integrate a program like mine into their lifestyle and teach them how they can have it all, where most people get overwhelmed and feel like it's either dedicate all my time to health and wellness and let something else fall off, whether it's work, whether it's relationship, or I gotta focus all my energy on work at the expense of my health. And so I work really hard at trying to break that mold for people and the story that they create in their minds to show them how they can make it all work. Wow, man, that's that's epic. I don't know, but the, that's a motivator to get in shape if I've ever heard one. It's like, yeah, I'll just bet that a million dollars on it. <laughs> What's that? Did that eat up our full hour of the interview? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, it, you know, it's man, like what I was thinking there, it, you touched on a like really important point. Like that bet is a good analogy because, um, you know, money is is like kind of the thing that we're going after a lot of the time but you know what's even more important than that is our health and our and our friendships and our quality of life and so he had this like catalyst to to do that so it is a part of it um but really if you have good health and you have good relationships and you know where you're going and your life is kind of balanced you know the money is just a bonus it's not a and a lot of people are looking for it as the answer so i think that that little nugget there just to kind of like impress upon that a little bit i think is really important and what I'd love to ask you, um, you know, there's a, like, how do you go about the process? Like, I'm sure I could ask you a lot about, you know, food and nutrition and things like that. So for somebody who's looking to get a little bit better in shape, like, what do you kind of recommend as some basics of like food and, and training? But then I'd love for you to talk about your book and then maybe some of those principles of like, this is how you're going to have to kind of like change. Like you talked about the discipline and what you start to think about and all these things and how you help people just view it in a certain way um, and interact with them so they can actually make that change. Because like you said, you know, a lot of the time we know we might be unhealthy, but we can't, we're stuck in that pattern and we're not sure what to do. Yeah. So one of the ways that I, I breached that, that initial uh, moment for people is, is I have a 25 questionnaire uh, intake sheet that initially starts out very simple. You know, your age, your height, your weight, food likes, dislikes, medications you're taking, allergies, you know, the basic, the basic stuff. But then I've got questions that start to deep dive into you know, if what would your adult self tell your 10 year old self if you could go back in time? You know, what's the primary question that you ask yourself on a daily basis? That one question that's constantly going through your head, right? So when I start asking those questions that create a lot of inward thought provoking, right? It, it gives me a roadmap to better understand what's going on and why this person initially came to me. Uh, and the reason why I take that approach is because, you know, like I said, I use the, the fitness is kind of like the front for the real operation in, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. You know, I'm not trying to like pull the wool over people's eyes, but a lot of people, if you lead with, you know, lifestyle coaching and, and self-development and personal growth, it's scary. It becomes a little intimidating, you know? And so 
I'm not interested in trying to kick someone's teeth in and like get right to the root and pull some demons out, right? I want to create an environment where people understand that, hey, listen, there's some stuff going on and we all got it. Nobody's of you. And you might have some things you've been struggling with and challenged with. And in your mind, you think it's all about the workout or you think it's about the food that you're eating. And it might not really have a whole lot to do with that. It may have more to do with the fact that, you know, you're not taking care of yourself emotionally and mentally in ways that could help massively improve your overall health and wellness. So, so by asking those questions and getting those answers, it gives me a much clearer image of what we're really working with. And naturally I, it, it just starts to work its way into dialogue and conversation. And, and I can see certain patterns that develop in, in, uh, in their training programs or, you know, in their, in their meal plan programs. I can just see some certain things pop up. One thing I often talk about is how we do one thing is oftentimes how we do everything. So, you know, when I see somebody, when I set up a high intensity interval training cardio program for a client and we're three weeks in and I haven't seen enough of a movement going on with their body, there's a couple things going on. Either one, they're not put, they're not doing the work itself. They're not actually getting on the treadmill. They're skipping those cardio sessions or they're cheating on their food or they're not, they're doing the cardio, but they're not really pushing themselves. So one of the things I like to do with my in-person clients, and I'll even do this with a remote, but it's easier, it's, it's more impactful when I do it with the people that I work with in person, is I'll have them get on the treadmill and ask them, what speed have you been sprinting at during your high ends of your intervals? They're like, they'll tell me, like, oh, I've been sprinting at a six. I'm like, okay, let's see, what you're, let's see where you're at at a six. So we get them on, they're on a six, and it literally looks like they're jogging down the beach in a scene from Baywatch, like, like checking out babes. You know, like, I mean, there's like... They're not out of breath. We could probably talk for 30 minutes and they're totally cool. So I just kind of quietly reach down and start tapping the up arrow and I take the speed up. And before you know it, they're sprinting at a nine. And like that's top end. And when you're doing high intensity interval training, the way I explain it to them initially is you need to hit top end sprint to have that differential between your recovery period and your working period. So I can then take that example back to them and say, interesting, here you thought you've been pushing yourself as hard as you can go at a six, and I just took you up three, three points to a nine. That's your real top end. Where else aren't you pushing yourself in your life? Where else are you running at a six in your work, in your relationship with your children, in your social life, in your own personal endeavors and dreams and goals? So it oftentimes will become very apparent at that point the light goes off and it's like yeah you know i mean it's yeah i can see it i, I just i don't push myself i i don't go beyond the limits i don't have that drive or i don't think i'm capable of and so then it just it naturally gets into these conversations man those aha moments are the things that go off that just start to ripple really strongly and take someone's transformation down the path very quickly it gives them that fire motivation because I just shined a light on a big area that needs improvement. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, what that reminds me of is, is like the pushing it part is uh, training with Shaolin monks in China. And, uh, it was really hard and, uh, what they would do, I just call them like the greatest, most ruthless personal trainers on the planet because 
like you train all day, every day, uh, except for the weekend, Monday through Friday, and your body is like toast, what they put you through. But what happens is that, let's say that's, you do the training, right? They call, they call, you know, you do the training and your body's all toast. You're doing the next day. If you think you can only do like 20 pushups because your body is wrecked from the day before, somehow you're going to do like a few hundred. They're just going to, and you know, make you keep going. I remember this time that we would do this mountain run and, um, I, I, some people would bear crawl down, right. And it was kind of this rugged mountain. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I start to bear crawl down and there's a Sifu, uh, coming up. And so the Sifu is like the trainer and, um, he turns around right at the top part and he just starts walking with me and I was only going to do like the first section. Right. And now I, he, because he's staying with me, he's walking the whole way down, which is a long way. And I've now pushed myself way beyond what I would have originally done. And when I start to like slow down, I see him before I even stop, grab a stick. And then as I'm, yeah, as I like kind of finally collapse, he just hits me with the stick, hits me with the stick. And I end up going pretty much the entire mountain. I made the whole way. And I didn't even have that idea in my mind. That idea wasn't even in my mind until I had the gift of somebody pushing me and showing me how far I could go. And what the lesson was, was what I'm capable of. What are you capable of if you push yourself? So then that automatically makes you think about the thought, what is it that I want to push myself towards? You know, and then those are also important questions. So I'd love for you to either add on to that if you feel like you want to comment on that or talk about like the inspiration in the book and some of the things that are in there or wherever else you want to go. I think what happens often that kind of attaches to the idea that you just said is that, you know, why people don't push themselves is because their stakes aren't high enough, right? So someone who's coming in just to get lean and shredded the stake is honestly truly very low when it, relatively speaking, because if vanity was a high enough stake, then the whole world would be walking around ripped and shred because everybody talks about how they all want to be in shape and they all want to look incredible. And I want a six pack. And I mean, that is the fight that you see all over social media. Everybody's trying to get there. Right. But that's truly not, in my opinion, a high enough stake for people, which is why it doesn't get attained by the majority of the population. So what I like to do is try to help people identify what's more of a true high stake for them, such as someone who just had a child or has kids. You wanna be around for the next 40, 50 years to see your children grow up and get married and, and see what they go on to do in their lives and, and live all the examples that you spent you know, teaching them. Um, you know, somebody who, has lost a loved one to an illness, you know? The last thing you wanna be doing is sitting in a doctor's office when there's that 10 seconds of silence because they're trying to find a way to tell you that there's no hope at this point and you could have done something to prevent it, right? Because oftentimes as human beings, we're more reactive than proactive. But when something happens, you damn well know that somebody's gonna do something about it because now the stake just went up. You go to the doctor and they found a, they do a CAT scan and they find a, a shadow somewhere in your body and they're not sure it could be a tumor. Now all of a sudden it's like, now my fridge is loaded with veggies. Now my, the things that I'm drinking is water and green tea. I mean, you're like, now the steak just went up and then all of a sudden the CAT scan comes back and it's negative. It was just a weird shadow showing up. Now it's like, now where are you going to go with it? 
right? So what I actually do is try to find real true high stakes to, in, to inspire and encourage that ability to drive themselves. And if it's not there for them, if there's no real true that they can find, then help create some sort of false high stake that's enough to give them that catalyst to get moving in that direction so that once they start to taste and feel the changes that are going on in their lives, not just with their body, but seeing the relationships in their life improve, seeing their careers uh, you know, improve, seeing um, just every element and component to how they feel about themselves when they look in the mirror. Once they get a taste of that, that, that false stake now becomes a real stake for them. And it becomes something that they grab onto and latch onto and continue to keep pushing themselves in that direction. So it just, there's, there's multiple different ways. And, and truly the way all my programs are custom designed, you know, cause every individual is different. Everybody comes from a different background. Everybody's got different struggles. Everybody has different lives that they're living now. Some people wake up at 5am and start their day. Some people don't wake up until noon and start their day. Some people have kids. Some people are single and travel the world. It's like, you know, everybody's got their own thing. And so, you know, for me, it's great because every day for me is different, you know, and every scenario is different. And, you know, I, I know that you are, are a, uh, a practitioner of this as well, but as much as I'm a teacher, I'm also a student. I learn from every experience and every client and opportunity that I, that I get to work with. So, um, but it's fun to be able to, to work with people and, and watch the process unfold for each person and, and, uh, and be part of that, you know? Yeah, man. You know, and I, what it makes me think about is just like the layers. So oftentimes when I was working with athletes before about peak performance in the mental game, um, I knew in, in the inquiry that, that a lot of the athletes that come second or you're constantly failing or you're not getting what you want or, or like what you're trying to do is because of a lack of self-worth. Um, they're not good enough to be number one. So once we get to that, um, core belief that core understanding then their abilities uh you know magnify and they're number one but it but it's again it's not about being number one it's about being your best and being comfortable in your own skin and and it's so interesting i find that um we're so shitty to ourselves like me included and that's like a lot of the work that i've done and i was actually thinking the other day just as an example like um i was making like a declaration of how you treat yourself um, I remember Wayne Dyer in one of his books, or he talks about playing tennis with his friend and um, his friend goes, oh, you idiot. And he's talking to himself and Wayne just goes, hey, don't talk to my friend like that. And, <laughs> and his friend looks at him all shocked. And it's so interesting if we can monitor our internal dialogue because yeah, we want health, we want fitness, we want these different things, but we got to get to that core root. And you're talking about like that motivation, right? A real, honest, true motivation um, and direction that inspires you. And with that, um, then you can start to get all these other things. Um, do you want to talk? What? Because I want to, there's a few ways we can go about this. So you can tell me the best way, but I was curious about some of the methods in the book and like what you, what you've kind of deduced there as far as principles. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what, and then, you know, for me, just as a, as somebody who enjoys training and fitness and things like that, just basic principles on like food or exercise if somebody wants to get going, cause they can elaborate that on as much as they want. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think from, uh, from a basic, uh, training standpoint and, and food and supplement standpoint, you know, it's, again, it's kind of, it's individual case basis, uh, for each person. You know, I think the, the, the most important component to all, to, to all three of those areas 
is really first being clear on what your goals are, right? A lot of times people just don't know what they're doing. So they go to the gym and they start going crazy, working out seven days a week, killing themselves with cardio. They're starving themselves and not eating. Like they think they might want to lose weight, but it's like they want to lose weight, but they don't, they're just not, it's not specific enough, right? Because when I talk to most of my clients initially, yeah, everybody wants to lose weight and they want to look good, but they're also really tired and they want to just have more energy and their bodies are aching. Their shoulders been bothering them, right? Like, why does my shoulder hurt so much? Do I need surgery? It's always like, I think my rotator cuff is torn, right? And a lot of times it's like, no, you've been sleeping on your side for 20 years. And so you've got anterior rotation and your posture is horrible, right? Because you, cause you, you lean on your console when you're driving like a tchotchke, you know? And it's like, so, you know, so for me, it's like, I, I like to help people define really, really specific goals that go way deeper than just, you know, getting to the gym and taking a, doing a real audit on like what's going on with your body. I mean, you and I, before we started this podcast, we like, we took a minute to breathe through this and like set the intention purely. Right. So I really encourage a lot of my clients in the beginning of their programs to take a minute and do a real audit on what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Because most clients, when they come to me, when they start my program, they end up training less than they have been and they end up eating more than they have been and they're getting way better results. And oftentimes that's because I'm teaching them and incorporating techniques to bring down their cortisol levels and their stress to give them a program that's manageable and very specific and targeted. And I'm giving them a nutrition plan that's actually fueling and feeding their body and giving them the energy that they need because they haven't been, they've been shutting down their metabolism and just not really knowing what they're doing, just either following something they saw on Instagram or reading something in the magazine, or they just think in their minds, hey, if I eat less, then I'll feel that I'll lose more weight. Like they just aren't clear enough on those goals. And so really first getting an, a true audit of what it is you are looking to accomplish. And then if you haven't been able to figure it out on your own through your own research, trying to find somebody that can really, that you really trust has a clear direction on what it is you're trying to accomplish to help facilitate and support you through the process and give you the guidance and support. Um, you know, and, and you know, I pride myself on making sure I'm educating my clients along the way so they understand the whys of what they're doing. I don't throw a meal plan or a training program at somebody or throw supplements at somebody and say, here, take this, you know, I'm breaking down the science of what foods to eat, when to eat them, why to eat them. And I'm teaching them how to make adjustments in certain scenarios and situations when they're traveling or when they go out to a business dinner or if they're going to train at night versus training in the morning, I'm teaching them how to make those adjustments. I'm teaching them about a specific training split and why they should be training certain body parts and why they shouldn't because looking at their body, their postural alignment is all out of whack. They're, they're, they're out of balance. There's no symmetry, which is why they've got pain here and their neck is killing them or that, you know, whatever's going on. So there's a lot of education to help inspire and raise the level of self-awareness so that they understand health and wellness is not just about going to the gym. Health and wellness is taking a look at the overall picture to give yourself longevity to give yourself sustainability, to give yourself simplicity, to give yourself some clear goals and intentions of why you're doing it. If you're going to the gym because your intention is, I gotta go strengthen my glutes because my hips are really weak and they're falling in, which is causing all my low back pain, 
you're more likely to go to the gym because you know you're really doing something to help fix something versus being like, I don't want to go to the gym and like get on the treadmill. It's like, who cares? My husband loves me anyways. Like I look fine or I saw all my friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why it just doesn't become high enough of a stake. So, so really what I, you know, what I do encourage instead of just trying to give somebody some basics, like don't eat carbs or load up on protein, you know, um, it, it's one of those things where I really encourage people to just kind of narrow your focus, get quiet and just do a check, do an audit on your body and on your mind and on your soul and your spirit and your emotions. And how are you feeling overall? Pick, pick, figure out what columns are important for you in life. You know, waking up with more energy, you know, feeling strong, you know, being lean, uh, you know, what is different for everyone. Um, but when it comes to, when it does, when it comes to, uh, food, to try to give a little nugget out to the audience here. The one thing I would say is incorporate veggies into every meal. That's one thing, that's one rule of thumb from a nutrition standpoint that I always stick to. So if I'm having eggs in the morning, I'm always dumping like spinach or asparagus or broccoli in my eggs. I'll do a scramble. You know, then it's every meal that I'm consuming that isn't a protein shake or a bar. I'm always making sure that I'm getting my vegetables and that's just something that I've always stuck to. It keeps you full, loaded with nutrients, lots of um, uh, um, ingredients inside that can help fight off free radicals and, you know, and just help clean out the body in ways that, you know, a lot of people who avoid consuming more vegetables are just are missing, are, are missing some of the, the benefits. So um, that's one thing I focus on. But self audit and getting clear on your goals, I think, is really the for me, the number one when, when someone's looking to kick off uh, any type of endeavor into a, a, a health and wellness program. Awesome, man. Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, oh crap, I thought my leg was going to fall over. Um, it's funny because like, I, you know, in my mind, I have an idea of like the questions and I'm just thinking I, a lot of the time I think about an audience member that might be overweight or they're an athlete my, myself and we want like that peak performance or if somebody's overweight, they want to know what to do. And, you know, the thing is we can figure that out. You know what I mean? There's no shortage of information on training and just getting in shape. But when you go back to like the why, that's really the key. And like, even myself as an athlete, like I have to like, do I want to train to get better at snowboarding? It's a different training. You know, before I started to do the Wim Hof or not Wim Hof, um, uh, this Pavel Tatsulin uh, strength training and I got crazy strong, but then I just was like this brick and I still kind of am a brick and I got to kind of like let wow. that go so I can get back to the mobility and, and stuff. I saw pictures of me skating. I was like, Oh my God, like, because I got addicted to just picking up heavy stuff because it was working so well. But and by the way, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I I'm all about experimenting and playing around with, with, with different types of techniques and different goals like that. I mean, to be able to be like, look, not, this, these next three months, I want to get strong. I want to set that goal. And then next, the next three months, like I want to focus on mobility and kind of playing around with those different platforms and then finding a way to make it a hybrid that works best for you. Eventually, you can incorporate strength training. You can incorporate mobility training. You can incorporate, you know, high intensity interval endurance training. I mean, you can do it all, but understanding, giving yourself a true platform and runway to play with learning about your body, learning about your potential in each category is a great approach to take, you know, and then finding a way to kind of meld them all together that works best for you and what you're trying to do. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's where I am right now because I never did any kind of heavy lifting ever. And I was so surprised at how friggin' strong I got using this very simple protocol. But the defining is of the goal, right? What is it that you actually want? What's the outcome? And I think that there is a massive percentage of people that just go to the gym to go to the gym, you know, and they don't really know what they're doing. So just clearly defining that goal is. They hate, they're like, I, I hate going to the gym. You know, it's like, because you're not clear on why you're going. You don't have a real goal. So it's like, I get it, you know? Yeah. So, well, what yeah, I want to add. Want to work and not understand like why you're there. It's like, I don't know, I'm just here like on the computer, but my goal is to hit X number of sales. You know? if you're not yeah. Yeah. The meaning, if when you attach meaning to it, that's where you're going to get your motivation and, and it should be enjoyable. You know, it should be, you know, should you basically get, get yourself to a space where you can enjoy and look forward to the training that you're doing, whatever it is, you know, because it should, it it ideally is a part of your life, taking care of your body. That's kind of basic. So you want to think about the idea of like taking care of your body and doing it a way that you enjoy and it motivates you to go and whatever method that is, but it's getting to that foundation. Um, I'm wondering, do you want to, I'm curious about your book because it, it incorporates all the senses and I was looking through the website. Do you want to touch a little bit on, on the yeah, book absolutely. and what kind of info you have in there? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the book's called the five by two method for dealing the power of your senses. And it was a, a technique that, you know, I spent, I kind of fell into, but uh, once I did some science-based research, I found that I was really onto something. There was a lot of science that supports all of the content that I've, kind of curated and put together and coined as my own technique. The five by two method, it stands for the five senses at what I consider to be the two most crucial parts of your day. First thing in the morning when you wake up and last thing before you go to sleep. So tapping into the five senses first thing in the morning as a way to create a positive feedback loop to set yourself off on a positive trajectory for the day. And then setting the subconscious at nighttime before you go to sleep so that the subconscious thoughts are working positively for you in that feedback loop so that when you wake up, you're bookending the days and it's constantly feeding itself. So to give you an example of what my five by two method is for me, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is put on my slippers. This, that's my touch. That's that feel. Yeah, you know, I got these badass slippers that are just, the touch does it for me, man. Um, <laughs> I go downstairs and uh, for a long time, I just grind my coffee beans, pour it in the machine and just you know, wait for the coffee to be ready. But now I actually grind my beans, stop and take two seconds to smell those grinds and really breathe it in and let the aromas hit me. Cause I just love this. There's something about the smell of coffee. I mean, I think anybody could even, somebody, if you somebody doesn't like coffee, they still love the smell of it. So there's something about that for me that's really powerful and strong. Um, so I set my coffee machine. I'll go and turn on a podcast. Typically it's Gary Vaynerchuk, somebody who I follow religiously. Um, so that's my, <laughs> audio um at that point i'll i'll tap into the daily ohm and i'll read uh, uh, an insert from the daily ohm a positive quote to kind of kick off my day and then i'll be drinking my coffee at the same time so within the first 20 minutes of waking up i've hit all five senses that are creating positive feedback loops intentionally to set me off on my day at home when i come or when i come home at night at the end of my day i'll come home slippers go right back on the touch immediately will transition me I'll go upstairs, light a stick of incense, bring the lights down nice and dim so the visual to me is just like nice and soft, brings down my, my mel- uh, the serotonin levels and brings down my cortisol levels. I turn on some music, typically Thievery Corporation is a, a Spotify station that I tune into 
music that's very like relaxing and calming for my body. And then, you know, I'll usually drink a tea, like a sleepy time tea, or I have a bamboo tea that I like to drink as well at night. That's my taste. And so those are all positive feedback loops for me at nighttime as I'm winding down and finishing off my day. Um, and so in the book, again, I back it all up with scientific research to kind of break down each category and how these all five senses do actually have real positive feedback loop potential. Um, and then I teach people, there's a work, about 10 pages of workbook at the very back that teaches you how to build and uh, engage in your own five by two. So there's five different categories, all five senses, and you, you list out, you know, all as many things as you'd like that fall under each category that are things that create a positive feedback loop for you, whether it's looking at the ocean, listening to wind chimes, um, you know, smelling lavender oil, I, whatever it might be, everybody's got different things. And that's, what's really great about the five by two method is that it's unique and specific to you. Um, and there's really, it's impossible to do it wrong. And so then you get a chance to kind of play around with different combinations of, of the five by two of your five by two methods that you've developed on your own come up with on your own to see which ones have the most benefit. Um, and, and the best part about all of this is that oftentimes a lot of the things that we're building into our five by two method are our household items or things that we already have or things that we don't have to pay for. So it costs nothing to, to just get quiet and get conscious and get aware and tap into this technique that, has successfully had a positive impact on my life and several clients that I've worked with. And, you know, it's a simple technique that anybody can incorporate to help sh create a shift and uh, whether it's throughout the whole day or whether it's something that needs attention immediately, you know, you're coming out of work, super stressful day at work, getting in your car, turning on, you know, music that helps relax you and calm you, um, you know, stopping off and getting a coffee for your drive. You know, there's different things that you can do in the moment as well. But overall, you know, the techniques, uh, it's a very simple technique to, to initiate. That's awesome, man. You know, I, I, when you're sharing that, I just had a deepening of an understanding of, of that method. I've heard, I've heard of so many things around morning ritual, night ritual. One of them is like play the day backwards and it, you know, does something and, you know, programming the mind. I've studied a lot about the subconscious and hypnosis and all these different things. Um, it's so simple and it's so powerful because most people, I would think, they wake up and they're just on the train tracks of life. They're just going through. And what this does is this sets the container for what it is that you want. Um, and then you can kind of build off of that, right? So you're kind of setting these containers um, at, at night and in the, in the morning. Each and every day is a part of your process. It becomes a way of life where many people's way of life, they, they feel disempowered, disconnected um, on, the, on this like runaway train, right? They don't give themselves that time and space. It's kind of like they wake up, they hear the alarm and boom, you know, they're going to it. Tasks are on point and they have no time for themselves. And it's just that way for years sometimes, you know, a whole lifetime maybe. But you can choose to kind of set that container as, as busy as you may be beginning and end of the day. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you, well, I want to be mindful of the time because I know that it's Thanksgiving, got some stuff to do. Um, so it, it's two o'clock. stuffing and pie to eat. I know. Yeah. You have your, you better be an epic cheat day for you. Uh, um, man, there are no rules today. You oh, good. <laughs> um, um, you know, I, I think what's interesting about the technique is that um, oftentimes when, when people have read the book, they've come back and said, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Like I actually, 
I've, I've already been doing some sort of version of five by two. I just haven't been paying attention to it. I haven't been aware. I haven't been conscious. And that, I think that holds true for everybody. You know, when somebody goes into Starbucks, look, we can all make coffee at home, but Starbucks still crushes it, right? Why? Because the experience, when you walk in, there's just something about the environment and the way they have it set up. It's just appealing to the visual. And they have some cool music, especially around the holidays. They got that, that music playing, the aroma, the second you crack that door open, the smell of coffee and pastries, right? It's just the whole experience. And so there's a lot to that. And a lot of people are already gravitating towards these things that create positive feedback loops for them, but they're just not paying attention to it and they're conscious of it. So by bringing it to your consciousness, it actually amplifies the experience of what it can do for you. Right. When I, like I said, I used to just grind my coffee and pour it in the machine, but taking a moment to stop and smell that coffee, like literally my smile instantly. And it just hits me like a ton of bricks. Whereas I was missing that. I was robbing myself of that moment. And that smile could, could make or break my day. You know, if I just skip that or I incorporate that and it took two seconds to do it, I just had to be conscious of it and intentional and it, and it has the power to shift me. And so by making people more aware of the things that they do or the things that they don't do, it gives that sense of empowerment. It makes you feel good because it gives you that sense that you're doing something intentional to take care of yourself that takes no time whatsoever and is simple. And it get, you get to do things that you already enjoy, but amplify it and just see how that can impact your day and your life and then others around you of what that ends up coming back to you and how that changes your, your, your whole infrastructure. You know, um, it's just a really, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, like you, I mean, I, I research and read books all day long and I, it, it was just one of those things that naturally came to me and it, it dawned on me like, Oh my God, this is what I'm doing. This I'm intentionally choosing these things that are having this kind of impact on me. And this is something I need to share with people, man. This is like a real true, this can change people's, I feel like this could save people's lives in some ways. Yeah, man. Well, you know, what, what comes up for me when you're describing it is that when I teach uh, athletes to get in a zone, like create states of mind, you can set what's called a trigger. So you create an emotional state and then uh, some sort of figure uh, stimulus. So most people have negative um, triggers. Like, so example, if your little puppy gets run over by a yellow truck, you might hate yellow trucks later and totally forget that. And like, Oh no, I hate yellow trucks because my dog got run over. Right. That's a, that's a example of a bad one. Um, so what you're doing is you're creating a trigger on a daily basis to create an emotional state in the body. And you're yeah. doing that, um, through your own conscious intention. And there is, it's night and day difference with conscious intention and, and awareness and not, and just you can go through your entire day and weeks and months with no conscious awareness of almost anything you're doing. You could be with your kids and not even be present because you have you're worrying about shit, yeah. right? That happens all the time. You can eat food. You know, a lot of people eat food and like they're not even tasting it or going through. Um, you know, I remember literally this example about three weeks ago. I was stressed. And um, I just uh, stress eating ice cream. I love ice cream. So I ate the biggest bowl of ice cream and I didn't even taste it. I just like shoveled it in. You and know, you there's here cardboard scraping at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, totally. I just ate my ice cream. 
Yeah. Right. So no conscious awareness or enjoyment. And that's like, you know, that's bringing yourself into the experience and it's so important. And like that it's, you know, it it seems simple, but I can recognize how powerful that is. Um, you know, I do different rituals myself, but, um, you know, now just even hearing this is like, oh man, I got to add this in the morning, you know? And, and it's basically like you, you said, I think bookmark day and night. It's like when I go to bed, my unconscious mind is working on this. And when I wake up and so now your days and weeks and months and life is set in this container and you can add other intentionality, other awareness, building on these simple principles. So it's really, it's really smart. Yeah. I mean, to your point, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, somebody who goes to sleep at night and watches Dateline every night while they're falling asleep, like they may be waking up and having shitty days. It might be super stressed and low energy and, but they might not even be aware. And I'm not saying it necessarily has to do with the Dateline, but I'm also saying it very well could have something to do with what you're watching at night as you're sleeping and burying in your subconscious while the TV's on and you're asleep. The brain is still working and processing and thinking and feeling. So it's always an interesting topic for me when I'm talking with clients who tell me that they have a hard time sleeping and then they tell me they sleep with the TV on and I hear about what they're doing at night. I'm like, listen, go home. If you're having a hard time sleeping, let's build a very specific strategy. Because I know that bringing the lights down helps reduce your serotonin levels. And that can help you get more rested at night as your body is naturally trying to wind down. Let's turn on some softer music around the house while you're cooking dinner. When you go to bed at night, let's turn the TV off and let's put on like a soothing podcast. Try putting an oil diffuser right next to your bed. Like try these techniques and I get in nine times out of 10, people are coming back saying, oh my God, like, I I am sleeping better. I didn't realize that. So just helping people be more aware of that. And this technique really does that. Um, But to your point too, you know, you talked about the the negative triggers, you know, something came up as I was going through and, and writing this book and putting the whole concept together, a negative trigger became very apparent for me. I've always, as long as I can remember, um, have, have like, whenever I hear a siren, a fire truck or a police siren or whatever, I go red. Like internally, my, it's just like straight panic mode, like freaking out, like shut the alarms up, shut up, shut the sirens. Like I want to, I need to block my ears. It takes my energy up. Um, and I, I had to do some reflection and take it back to when I was 12 years old and my grandmother was dying of cancer in her, in her home. And we were there with her and it was a really hard time for me. So I had gone down to uh, the beach, which was about a half a mile from her house. And I was sitting on the dock by myself. And it wasn't more than probably 20 minutes later that an ambulance went flying by. And I knew at that point what was going on. And then the ambulance went flying back the other direction. And so I, I believe that there was a correlation because she ended up passing away very quickly afterwards. And I believe that there was a correlation to that siren. And so the siren, because I have no other reason why sirens would make me that upset and like trigger me that way. So using this technique and using the whole methodology to your point, becoming now aware of this, I then had to reframe what those sirens mean to me. So when I hear a siren now, it, I have to, it'll, it'll still come up for me initially, but then I have to go to the place consciously of, I hope whoever is needing that is okay. I hope whoever's needing that ambulance or I hope wherever that fire truck is going, people are okay. Or, you know, like that's what I go to now consciously because 
this technique opened my eyes to a, a level of, I mean, I'm already self-aware, but this took me to another level of self-awareness. And so it's interesting that you brought up the whole negative trigger um, analogy, but that's something specifically for me that, um, that I had to really uh, work on, on uh, reframing. Yeah, man. I appreciate you sharing that example. You know, it just kind of shows that we're all in the process of evolving, you know, and it's through our awareness of ourselves and the way we operate in our own mind and our own individual individual environments in life um, that we can we can change and choose direction as we wish. But it requires awareness first. Once you have the awareness, then you have choice. And then you, you're kind of aware, you know what I mean? It's like, do I, do I want to be in shape or out of shape? Do I want to do this habit or that habit? Do I want to get angry when I hear this? Do I want to freak out at my, my kids every time they scratch the floor? Can I figure out something? You know what I mean? It requires awareness first. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting, man. Um, again, I want to be mindful of your time because I know it's Thanksgiving. I'm, I got like 15 more minutes if you want to keep rolling, man. Of course. Yes. Well, I was going to say, I was given three questions um, or things to talk. So I'll let you kind of choose. Cause it, yeah, I, I, I'll let you, I'll let you sit here and talk to me all day. Um, I just don't want to prevent you from Turkey. Is that what's going on? What's that? Are people writing in right now? That- no, um, I got emailed one. Um, oh, okay. So when talk, cause I think it's, you know, I'd be curious to your, your thoughts on it. Just, it talks about, I think a lot of common problem people have is how to design and maintain a healthy lifestyle for the busy or on the go, which is, everybody in the world now. So if you want to talk about that, um, and the other one was mastering the art of adjustment, um, learning how to stay on track with your goals. So I think that those are two good topics that I think a lot of people, pretty much everyone is experiencing one of those. Yeah. So mastering the art of adjustment. It's funny. Did somebody write that in? Yeah. Well, no, that was, that was what was given to me from, uh, your assistant. Yeah. 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 Cause that, I mean, that's something that I'm, I really am, am passionate about in teaching people because I think where a lot of people struggle the most is they don't know what to do when their days go sideways or when their plan goes sideways. I think quite a few people uh, are actually better at setting their days up and setting a schedule you know, man, I'm really good. I'm going to set, set things up. I know exactly what I'm going to do, put, put a strategy together. And then just like anything else in life, because we are dynamic, life is dynamic, everything's dynamic around us. Something goes sideways and they have no idea what to do. They panic. They just give up. They feel hopeless. So they don't know how to adjust. So learning how to master the art of adjustment to me is the key to life, not just the fitness and training program, which it does have certainly a, a lot of value and impact. But when it comes to, you know, learning how to master the art of adjustment, it's really about, again, I think aligning yourself with, with resource, people and resources that have the strengths and proficiencies in the areas that you're looking for, right? Um, time management is key. Stress management is key. Um, educating yourself and, and having the knowledge and information, but then also having the uh, wherewithal to apply um, is key to learning how to master the art of adjustment. You know, the Bruce Lee quote that I love that I think you're also a a big Bruce Lee fan is that knowledge, you know, knowledge is, oh man, what's this? Uh, Yeah, it's a, well, actually the one that I'm recalling is willing is not enough. We must apply. Um, Uh, Knowledge is not not enough. We must do. Not enough. We must do. That's what it was to help you find that. Um, I knew it was there, but 
yeah, I mean, I always talk about how, you know, it's great that you know all this stuff. You know, like I, I have people tell me all the time, oh, I've read this book, Wayne Dyer. I read Deepak Chopra. You know, I'm following this guy doing that. This book was amazing. I'm like, yeah, but what's going on in your life right now? It doesn't really reflect all this knowledge and information that you've been consuming. You know, you're, you're a consumer, but you're not a doer. So it doesn't really have that much value to you because you're not applying it. So, um, so doing the research to get the information so that you can learn how to adjust in those given scenarios, but then you got to be willing to make those adjustments when, you know, and, and, and willing to, uh, what, what provides you the ability to be willing to is being able to keep the stress levels low, the anxiety levels low, have that, that level of self-confidence. So when it goes this way, I know what to do. When it goes that way, this is what I do. Um, and oftentimes people don't always have those answers. So working with professionals and, or working with other people that have the information to give you the tools and resources so that you feel prepared to be able to master that art of adjustment is, is really the key. Um, the other question you asked is how to, how to, how to stay or incorporate a healthy lifestyle for a busy on the go, uh, individual, you know, um, it's kind of, kind of broad, but I think that, you know, again, Matt, I think mastering the art of adjustment actually plays really well into the busy on the go, how to incorporate this into your lifestyle as well. Um, you know, I have a lot of clients that travel a ton for work and they're in and out of hotels. They're very rarely in one place, very long. Um, so the way that I incorporate that, the way that I help support that is making sure that they're prepared ahead of time. So if they've got a business trip that they're gonna be gone for in a week, knowing what hotels they're staying at, does the hotel have a gym, yes or no? Are there gyms around there? What restaurants do you think you're going to be eating at? Um, are you packing and preparing snacks for yourself? Like taking the time to get yourself prepared for what you're about to do is what can really help it be uh, advantageous for somebody who's a busy on the go uh, executive or whatever. It's just one of those the prepared prior planning prevents poor performance is really what helps the, the busy on the go professional be successful with integrating a program because if there's not a gym, then at least mentally, you know, you're prepared to go and, and engage in two or three hotel room workouts, right? When I'm working with clients personally, we know ahead of time, the communication is real strong. I know if somebody doesn't have access to a gym, I'm giving them three, three different workouts to do that week that they can do in their hotel room on the floor with a towel. And it's not about having a breakthrough workout at that point. It's just about staying engaged and staying plugged in mentally, right? To the process that so they feel as though they're still keeping true to their commitments, to their process and to themselves. They're still showing self-love and self-care. You know, it's still something physical to get into their body, to sweat and just, you know, feel good about themselves and what they're doing. And, and then when they get back from their trip, then you get back to work and grind, you know, and push yourself the way you can. But I think the, you know, the mastering the art of adjustment and how do you integrate a healthy lifestyle into the busy on the go play really well with each other. And, and the, key to the, the key to that is really um, preparation and planning. Yeah, man. Well, when you're talking about the art of adjustment, adjustment what it makes me think about is um, 
just how you respond to reality. You know, like we don't, we don't always get to choose what exactly happens, but we can choose our response. And so just being a little bit more aware, like adjustment and responding and just deciding like in each moment as we move along, like how are we responding to the environment? And, you know, I think a lot of people are very reactionary. You know, it's just like they move about the day and they're just reacting to tasks, reacting to things. And then they react in a, getting sick because they don't have a healthy lifestyle rather than, you know, putting that in there. And it's, so it's kind of like a, there's simple ideas, but it's a 180 switch that is going to change your life, you know? And, and so when you, when you prepare and then you're, you know, you're learning how to adapt and adjust and respond to things in a, um, there's a better word than healthy, like productive or, you know, in a thoughtful, meaningful way you know, it's going to change everything because that's each, each interaction is going to be improved in how you respond with a little bit of awareness where maybe in the past, you're not bringing any of that consciousness with it. Then like, uh, you know, the maxed out example would be just somebody who, you know, goes to work and they, they seem like a drone, you know, they go to work and they come home and then they watch the same shows and they do the same thing and they feel stuck, right? Yeah. They're, they're not bringing any of that kind of reaction or adjustment to anything. Right. So, so it kind of flips it on its head a little bit, but it allows you more, more freedom and more choice. Totally. I think a good example of the mastering the art of adjustment clients that I've worked with and that I've seen, you know, for example, somebody is, they're super fired up for their workout. They've been in a good rhythm and a good pace. They go to work this day. They know they're going to come, come home and hit the gym and something happens. A big meeting comes up and now they can't get to their workout and they're freaking out. They're pissed. They're angry. They got to stay here for the meeting. They're missing their workout as if that one workout is going to change their whole life, right? So mastering the art of adjustment in that scenario is being able to stop for a second, recognize that the workout is not the end all be all. It's not the only thing that's contributing to your overall health and wellness. And since you can't get to the gym today for your workout, your workout today now becomes a 30 minute Epsom salt bath when you get home and making sure that you stay on point with your food all day to still initiate self-care, to still stay plugged in and just make a small little pivot and adjustment to what you're going to do today because tomorrow is going to be your day off anyways where you would have done that. But because you can't get to the workout today, it's just a simple adjustment, man. It's just a simple slide over and switch. And it really is not going to change much in the game in terms of the results that you get uh, that you think you're going to get, but it does change the game because now you can actually just relax, focus on the work that you've got to do and that you got to stay late and get into this meeting and do the extra. Now you can be present in that moment. You're not driving yourself crazy in your head. You know that you got something to look forward to later on when you go home with the Epsom salt bath, you're going to take care of your food. You still feel good. So the energy expenditure of calories consumed, calories burnt, it's like, it's all, it's all just kind of manipulating the mind and taking control over that to help ease that adjustment for you and, and slide it over, you know? So that's a good example of how to master the art of adjustment there. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. And, and it's that, it's that, it's just basically a mindset, right? A lot of what you're talking about is a shift in mindset. And also it's very t intentional, right? You have an intentional morning, you have an intentional evening, 
um, you're including the five senses. Um, and, and, you know, like you, you talked about the adjustment, it's, this is how you're going to navigate your daily experience. So when you get clear on the goal of what it is that you want, you keep setting containers and intentions, you're going to be moving in that direction. So it's all very simple. It's very, very practical. And, um, it doesn't need, the thing is it doesn't need to be complicated. You know, like if you look at, you know, I don't know, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, uh, Bruce Lee, you know, what they did wasn't that complicated. It was persistent. It was consistent. It was persistent. They knew where they were going. You know, Mother Teresa was just persistently and consistently acting in kindness every single day. And she knew what she wanted to do, right? So when we can kind of set our own containers, you know, you have the fitness goal, but this idea would, would take you into your life goal, to your passion goal, your career goal, your relationship goal, right? Just as a simple thing because it's just adding that awareness and that choice and that personal decision to, you know, the motivation of what you want or like you, you, your high stakes or, or whatever is like just meaning to you, whatever, everybody's meaning is different. Um, but man, you, you shared a lot and I really appreciate this. Um, and I'm just curious, is there anything that you, you wish that I had asked or you'd like to talk about before you go eat a whole Turkey? Yeah, I mean, I I think we covered quite a bit of territory. I, I really appreciate the time and, um, you know, I'm fascinated with, you know, some of your methodologies as well. And, you know, I'm sure you and I will probably sync up again in the near future and, uh, and compare notes, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think that covers it for me unless you have any questions from any of the viewers. Um, no, man, I think, well, I don't, I don't have the, I've closed the Facebook, so I can't see, but, um, what I was just going to ask is, uh, just where can people get a hold of you and just any, anything you want to share, um, you know, yeah, people can get a little bit more information if you want to learn a little more about my programs and some of the things that I've been up to over the last few years. Uh, if you go to the website, it's www.p, as in Peter, M as in Mary, boy, as in uh, B as in boy, life.com. So it's pmblife.com. Um, over on Instagram, uh, it's Chris DeVecchio. And same thing on Facebook, it's also Chris DeVecchio. And we put up quite a bit of content uh, on both platforms um, to just share a lot of our concepts and methodologies and just helpful tips and techniques for people. So um, feel free to jump on there, check it out, ask away, ask questions. I'm, I'm always happy to share, man. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate the work you're doing, man. And, and I'm excited to dive into the book. Like I said, it's a, you know, I'm aware of a lot of these tactics, but I'm definitely going to add that right away because it's, it's so simple, but it's setting container each and every day. Um, I call it kind of on the wagon, off the wagon, because I travel so much. So sometimes I'm, I'm really into it. Then sometimes I'm way off. So I think yeah. that that simple methodology you can to anywhere in the world, man. Yeah, exactly. It's going to kind of keep me a little bit more aligned, oh, like yeah. less of a, you know, and like just a, as for people when they get on the path, it's okay to fall off, right? People just re are really hard on themselves for falling off. You just get back on a lot yeah. quicker when you recognize it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I really do appreciate your time, um, you know, coming on this day um, and to, to share your, your work. We'll definitely stay in touch. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thank you. Okay, take care, everybody. Thanks for watching. Happy Thanksgiving. See you, brother. Peace. 
All right, guys, there you go. Chris DeVecchio live. Well, not live from the yurt, but I'm recording the uh, post-production from the yurt. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. The 5 by 2 method is really simple and extremely powerful. So I invite you guys to use that, to explore it, to check it out. If you guys want to dive deeper, um, hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Sign up for the email list and the site. Uh, take a screenshot. Uh, tag me on Instagram. Let me know what you like the show. That really helps to get the word out there. So if you want to support the show... Uh, leaving reviews, taking screenshots, sharing on Instagram, sharing on Facebook uh, really, really helps. Um, three kind acts is the best thing you can do. If not just one kind act a day, that would be amazing. Um, be so, so grateful. Thank you so much to my patrons. Go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair if you want to just toss a buck in the bucket. Um, if everybody, if like one percent of the podcast listeners do that um, I can support myself and I might even have enough to go traveling um, without so much debt that'd be freaking great um, but I'm in the mountains and I'm in a yurt and it is dope and I get to go snowboarding and I am truly grateful and I hope that this show is inspiring is it hel- is it helpful for you and um, you know it's it's adding value into your life and that's the um, that's the goal with this thing so thank you so much thank you so much to my new uh, partner sponsor Himalaya podcast app go check them out it's a great app super easy easy to use um i like how they curate the playlist for you which is coming up and they've been asking my feedback and things like that so it's a very cooperative experience um to grow the show and to make the best experience for podcast listeners because podcasts are going through the roof and uh yeah so if you want to support the show uh check them out but also just shares man taking screenshots let me know what you think of the podcast and sharing it away so that's it uh let's just close this up with by coming to a powerful state of peace and coherence so wherever you are in the world taking a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, all the limitations, feeling totally peaceful and present, feeling like you can take on the world, feeling connected to spirit and yourself and remembering that you are whole, perfect, balanced, harmonious in the mystery of life just as you are. So have an incredible day and I will see you in the next episode.